When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fact is everybody's truth. Fiction is nobody's truth. Myth is somebody's truth. It's a cultural truth, a religious truth, a nation's truth. One that binds a community together by giving them a common worldview to function within. Science can tell you how the world functions, but only myths can tell you how and why it functions the way it does. The idea of God. For example, is a cultural truth. It's not part of Buddhism, Jainism, or secularism. But there's one thing, one idea, that we all connect to stories. Our stories, these mythological stories. Whether it's stories from Ramayana, Gita, Mahabharata, Quran, Bible, or beyond, each has something to teach us. Lessons in our everyday life. Let's tune it. Hey everyone, I am Priya Sachdeva, your host at Training Diary Show. Your journey to connect with ideas, stories, experiences, and people and get a deeper understanding with the world around you starts now. Today I'm connected with Mr. Utkarsh Patel, who's a corporate professional turned into mythologist and now an author. He's also a professor of comparative mythology at Mumbai University and has qualifications in Indian and world mythology. He's a founding member of the Talking Myths Reject, an attempt to create an online repository of age-old stories lost in the modern world. In this episode, let's deep dive into the world of mythology. Uh, so, first of all, thank you so much, Mr. Utkash. It's, it's a pleasure to have you here. And thank you so much for being on Training Diary and having the time. My pleasure. Uh, first of all, I'm curious to know, which I generally ask to all of my guests, that, you know, why you do what you do. I mean, like, uh, it's crazy to, you know, see someone doing something great into mythology. So not ending up into a, you know, corporate sector, but uh, starting your own field, your own niche of mythology, how, how this story came about. So, you know, I have, uh, I have been working for nearly what, 25 years and uh, in this field of uh, sales and marketing of IT and uh, I, I, I was at a point of time, I was literally living out of the bag and, um, travel and uh, the same thing, uh, right? And uh, I had this basic interest in mythology and then I had done a course long back from the university, uh, Mumbai University. And that got me really, really interested only to realize that mythology is not what we usually think it is. Usually people think mythology kya hai? Uh, you know, it's a, it's a set of stories. And I remember a nice, interesting anecdote, you know, I was on my way to the... Uh, 
university in a in a in an auto and auto wala asks me sir aap kya karte hain mm-hmm. so i said main padhata hu kya padhate so i said mythology then i tried to explain to him in hindi and he says isme padhane ka kya hai ye to kahaniyan hain isme aap padha kya rahe hain and that's when it occurred to me that it's not just him and i had many people trying to tell me what is there to teach mythology in the sense you read it and that's it so that also sort of got me interested that while i was doing you know uh, working and i did this course and i realized that there is a lot to be taught in mythology not just heard not just read as a story and forgotten and uh, as i said i was also reaching a stage where i was really not enjoying my work and uh, i decided um, you know i wrote my first book and my first book uh, sort of was out for publication and on the same time somebody approached me for my second book and i like that idea of writing explaining demythologizing with myths and mythology and then i started teaching at the university and one thing led to another and that's when i think i decided it's time to quit the routine job and try something else and have never regretted uh, ever since then it's been now about 7 years maybe slightly more 8 years uh, never regretted rather i keep wondering why didn't i start early <laughs> of course of course and and you know i i was again about was that as odo ala was curious to know that you know why you teach mythology and <laughs> for everyone like what's in mythology what is this mythology because for us it's just the stories that are nani dadi mama you know told us that uh, that krishna bhagwan that ramayana mm-hmm. anything so what do you think how will you you are going to explain mythology how it's going to keep an essence in everyday life of us so what's mythology for you see mythology is a story isme koi doubt nahi hai it is a story indeed but it's not a story of any ordinary story it's an important story which is the very foundation of any culture when we talk of greek mythology when we talk of indian mythology when we talk of egyptian mythology or even aztec and mayan these civilizations probably uh, don't exist in the same form but the stories exist and sometimes from these stories we try and understand the culture we try and understand what people then thought mythological stories are not just stories saying are bahut achhi story hai miracles ho rahe hain magic ho raha hai you know uh, one is flying uh, from one place to another no mythology goes way beyond that it tells you about a culture it tells you how the ancient people thought how they saw certain things maybe some of the things they saw were not necessarily in the right uh, manner but nonetheless it was there that's how they thought that's how they saw the world that's how they understood nature see today you know you and i know very well why it rains why it thunders we don't even give it a thought ki barish kyun ho rahi hai why is it you know why does monsoon come at the right time or why does monsoon not come we all have scientific answers but imagine the early man when science did not exist how did that man understand thunder lightning volcano earthquake in sab ke answers mythology mein milte hain because people in those days they thought it their own way yes science has told us ki that is not the truth but have we discarded have we forgotten the fact that indra is the thunder god 
we still look at indra as a thunder god we still give him all the importance that uh, you know the uh, early man probably gave to the thunder god and what is more interesting about mythology is that it's not unique to just one culture mm-hmm. it's unique across the world mm-hmm. just as you have an indra you have a zeus in uh, uh, greek mythology you have a thor in scandinavian mythology and when you compare these three gods you'll realize they have similar uh, qualities and that's the beauty of studying mythology when you understand that it's not one culture it's cultures across the world which saw similarities and thought in a unique manner and thought in a common manner that is important when we study mythologies of different culture we realize that there's no culture which is unique all of them probably had similar ideas similar worries similar insecurities and that's how gods came into being so it's very interesting and i think if you don't explain it if you don't study it you will probably misunderstand mythology as just another story and discard it as a story to be heard and forgotten mm-hmm. no it's story to be heard understood and understand from where these stories came that's the beauty of mythology mhm good and you know how do you make sure because you know as you mentioned it so right that uh, in our world of science and technology where we try to find logic we try to find the reason behind everything what's happening why it's happening where it's coming from and everything so as we're moving towards an era of ai cryptocurrency and how do you make the relevance of all, all these ancient stories alive for your students for everyone you came across so how do you keep it relevant because i am personally a big fan but uh, but i really don't know that you know how will i make it relevant for another person so how do you make sure that it keeps a relevancy for another person because for him it's a matter of how it's going to be benefit for that person how it's going to make sense so how do you make sure remember the fact that science and technology came now very very late okay mythology came at a point of time when man was trying to understand himself and his surrounding he's trying to understand what's happening in the world so to that extent technology has come now yes technology has answered your questions there is no doubt about it mm-hmm. today uh, information is at the you know snap of my finger i get everything uh, you know whatever one wants to know one will get it but mythology if you if you look at the stories they're so rich in its content no matter who's making what today no matter what kind of stories one is making all of them you will find shades of ancient stories in that mm-hmm. you know look, look at any modern story look at look at fantasy stories today you will find them using something which is from the past which is ancient because that body of work is enormous why should you let that go rather i i would think that technology needs to be harnessed to bring out these stories and make it more accessible see when when the early man wrote stories or 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 told stories you know he didn't have uh, writing skills or he didn't have uh, film skills films spread it further comics accessible to children now children read now with the generation which is probably hooked on to technology i think the same stories need to be told and relevance look around you i think you just need to look around you and you will find everyday activities may some aspect of mythology or some uh, you know importance like i i i was just reading about this um, recent controversy of you know a person taking a dog to a temple right mm-hmm. and uh, the whole chaos happening mm-hmm. that will make you think are dogs not important to hindu mythology 
we always think that cows are important of course cows are very very important but hindu mythology has place for dogs you know in mahabharat we have this whole thing about uh, you know yudhishthir going up to the heavens and there was a dog following him right up to there and when uh, you know when he was stopped from entering the heavens with the dog he says okay i'm not going to the heavens then either this dog comes with me or i'll not go see the import now suddenly we say oh dog is a dirty animal and we don't want dogs to come i'm not justifying either ways i'm just saying when you read this you realize that okay dogs are also important in our mythology look at the richness of mythology where there is so much of inclusivity there is diversity plus inclusivity we we involve plants we involve animals we involve creatures every creature every animal will find place in mythology if that is not the example of inclusivity aap kuch bhi abhi bana lo naya naya it is still based on the past how do you not see relevance to it and i see relevance every day in politics and social life in family life in children's life everywhere you'll find some aspect of mythology and that's where the study helps when you read when you read and read across the culture i'm not just saying read only indian mythology i i, I teach all the mythologies and every day i realize that there is so much that i don't know that's the beauty of mythology you need more than one life to uh, really uh, read everything i think and it's it's not just you know uh, limited to one culture as you explained that no it's not it's not not just from indian mythology it's greek it's uh, maybe muslim christian every have something to something to bring on the table aborigines tribals uh, aztec mayans you go to spanish north america anywhere mm-hmm. you know new zealand all of them have such rich uh, uh, mythology of their own indeed and so you have also written three books and one is uh, one is the offing so please enlighten uh, our listeners with your you know books and everything about that so my first book is on shakuntala the book is called mm-hmm. shakuntala the woman wrong mm-hmm. and uh, all of us generally know shakuntala as uh, you know a character from kalidas's abhigyan shakuntalam you know very yeah. Uh, lovely uh, damsel in distress uh, because of her, tr- her troubles were because of a curse by rishi durvasta etc etc but shakuntala is vyasa's first woman character in mahabharat and in that she is way different from the way kalidas has uh, adapted shakuntala she is a fiercely fiery woman strong individual mind of her own and extremely brave mm-hmm. so i just thought that this is a story that needs to be told to people because a lot of people and when i first read it even i was shocked i think is this shakuntala how come i know the other shakuntala more than the original shakuntala and that's why i rewrote it and uh, i wrote exactly close to what uh, vyasa's version is but since it was a novel i've added some of um, additional characters you know who mm-hmm. are also not very well known and they have their own stories to be told so mm-hmm. i that's my first book and thereafter i wrote um, another book called satyavati again from mahabharat mahabharat is uh, you know i think a treasure trove for uh, uh, modern authors to write mm-hmm. and satyavati as we all know uh, you know was uh, king shantanu's wife and um, you know how she was always on the sidelines when you watch television and when you watch any other story her her importance has not been brought out in many of the texts 
but she was extremely important because at one point of time it is believed that devrath who went on to become bhishma would not do anything without satyavati's permission so that's the story of satyavati which has not been told so that's one story i told then i came across a tamil epic by the name of shilapatikaram and shilapatikaram is a unique epic where the central character in 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 any epic the central character is never a woman they are always men and here is an epic uh, tamil epic uh, you know where the central character is a woman from the start to the end she carries the entire story on her shoulders and it's a unique epic where there's no battle there are no miracles no uh, you know uh, none of those usual usual things that you find in an epic and i thought that was such a wonderful story to be told and so i re- rewrote it uh, in the sense in an easy fashion of course i have made no changes in the uh, story i tried to keep it as close to it but easy prose so that you know young people should read i my my worry is that you know we in india are so preoccupied with our ramayana and mahabharat that we don't know some of the people don't even know that there is a another epic called shilapati karam that, uh, it, it, it's it's tough to pronounce uh, my my version is called kanagi's anklet all three are available uh, uh, on in the sh- shops or in the uh, the bookstores indeed and i'm really impressed by the fact that you know uh, how your all the books are you know focused on on the women characters are completely <laughs> centralized so that's really impressive because i hardly came across with any when whenever i just read about any mythological book it's either shiva lord krishna but you took the sense of many female characters whether it's satyavati whether it's shakuntala that how much a sense they carry how how amazing role they had played played in the history so indeed you know i generally come across people telling me that women can tell women stories uh, mm-hmm. only women can tell women stories i i i kind of disagree with that yes women I can tell women stories there's no doubt about that but men can also tell women stories you, you know it's it's not that men are not sensitive enough to understand women's problem and if you read my books you will see that there is a perspective there is a perspective which uh, is brought in which talks from the woman's perspective so it's not that men can't see maybe many men can't see but some men definitely can see a woman's perspective so i i, I hope your uh, your audience uh, uh, you know agrees with me as in when they you know what, before that probably i would argue and debate on uh, with you on this topic that yes you're right like women only mm. you know tell women story but uh, listening about your book and i sense it carries sorry i take my words back <laughs> <laughs> there's a change in perspective indeed yeah also uh, a teacher once told me that you know attitude and the mental aptitude of a student changes as after every 5 to 6 year and in your decade long experience of teaching do you think the same like does it really happen or how, how have you the students changed from the time you started teaching till the now like what's the shift in their perspective what's the shift in their uh, you know point of views what does it that seem like i i i kind of agree with that uh, teacher whoever said that to you is uh, you know i remember about Ten years back, or about seven years back, when students used to join this course of mythology, uh, 
there was this desire to know more about other cultures you know of course there is always this comparison that we have in our mind that okay this is indian mythology this is uh, greek mythology this is egyptian this is aztec mayan comparison hota hai uh, you know in the mind but there was a desire to know compare understand appreciate today uh, when i come across uh, students both young and old and you know in our our kind of courses there are people who are even above 60 and close to 70 they all come for this kind of course so uh, you know there is audience right from i would say 25 to about 70 but majority of them i see are uh, focused only on indian mythology uh the desire to know more or compare and appreciate other cultures is slightly dwindling which is unfortunate because yes indian mythology is very very rich it's beautiful it's wonderful it's eye opening but that doesn't mean that the others are not and and i think the beauty of when you when you compare and appreciate and see other cultures you'll realize that they are also beautiful and we can't let our horizons be so limited to focus on only one mythology which we already are born with see you know in our country we don't read ramayana and mahabharat nobody reads it we all know it you know that's the beauty of ramayana and mahabharat aapko padhna nahi hai aapko story pata hai you know it that's now if you've already inherited and imbibed this it's time to understand know learn appreciate the other cultures they are equally good the 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 epics of greece or the epics of persia or the epics of mesopotamia they are equally rich in their content why not read and learn more and appreciate it also also i see a lot of people don't get to appreciate the other cultures much uh, these days they are so busy comparing ours versus theirs that in the process they miss out the beauty of theirs and that's a bit of a uh, i i i i i really feel that sad that's very very sad i think it's not just the case with the mythology it's just generally you know the case of a perspective that everyone carries and most of people carry like uh, me versus uh, you and you know us versus yes yes so it's, it's not getting so ingrained it's getting so ingrained that you look you're losing yes. the beauty of it absolutely agree can't agree to i agree with you so so how do you make sure that your students won't do that like what's your trick of doing that well i uh i try to uh, you know sort of tell my students to read more understand more and keep an open mind see it's very important that you keep an open mind yes your culture is good your culture is very very good i'm not even disputing that for a second ha agar if i tell you that no 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 your culture is bad and greece is better then obviously uh, you know that's incorrect yeah i agree our culture is equally good but you already know about it learn more about some other cultures also it only widens your horizon you know i i, I see people going abroad they love to go abroad they'll come back and tell you all the good things about abroad and then they will say ha but culture missing tha wahan pe you know they don't have culture well they have you didn't see it you know every country has its own culture you have to see it you have to appreciate it where did you go you ask anybody where did you go they went to the malls they went to the uh, park they went to the entertainment parks okay they went to ab wahan jaoge to culture kahan milega 
did you go to the museum did you go to their temples did you go to their churches did you go to their cultural areas if yeah. you don't go there and you come back only uh, shopping t-shirts and perfumes and showing are the country is lovely but culture nahi hai hey aapko dhoondna padega you have to look for it. did you try their food did you try their uh, did you try to understand did you speak to a local to understand what are their festivals what are their gods who are, what are their cultural uh, areas now if you don't do this and you come back saying are culture nahi hai that's no wonder you say that so i feel we should all open up keep an open mind read things understand things and don't just push it away by saying oh this is not right this is not good it is good you'll have to understand and see it in a in a very positive perspective i feel so yeah i try my level best i'm not saying i'm uh, i i i succeed uh, uh, 100% but at least i put in my effort to convince my students that there is richness in other cultures there is richness in even lesser known cultures you might not know new zealand uh, or the maori culture well you might not know the aztec and the mayans well but they also have mythologies and some of the stories are brilliant so read you must read that need and you know when you talk about you know going to other place you you won't believe what i felt like even the culture from in india itself from uh, north to south it varies a lot like i took my first solo trip just last week to south and was very first time that i've been to kerala and you know and trying to understand the people over there the language the temples over there so literally took two days out to visit the beach to the temples eat their food and it was amazing it was lipid absolutely Yes it was it was so good to see that okay though the faith and you know belief exists everywhere that was universal though but it was amazing to see you know how uh, unique the clothings are how unique their perspective are and everything the style the the way they carry themselves and everything everything I agree indeed, indeed. I agree need and also in our country with the mythology being intertwined with religion how tough is it to hold talks on mythology in today's time because uh, you know i have seen you have been interviewed a lot you uh, do lots of write ups and i don't know whether it comes up with any you know uh, any controversy before i don't know but but because i i, I somewhere have you know analyzed a lot that whenever someone try to be reasonable about the religion or try to say something which is out of context they got you know that backfire so have it ever happened with you what what's your thought on the same yes it has it become very tough earlier we could get away uh, you know we could say things the way they were mm-hmm. right i i could use certain words today uh, even in my lectures and especially now that you know with the social media recording every uh, you know word that you utter mm-hmm. it is prone to misunderstanding see if you don't listen to the whole lecture if you don't listen to the whole conversation then there is every possibility of you not getting the essence and one statement can be picked up and it can go viral and then you get all the brick bats and then dirty mails and like i continuously get mails uh, which tell me why do you use the word hindu mythology how dare i mean yeah you some of the some of the mails that i get are not quite uh, uh, you know uh, mentionable here but mm-hmm. how dare you use the word mythology Mm-hmm. right mythology because they half the people don't even know the meaning of the word mythology they mean myth is equal to fiction myth is equal to lies ab jo 
you don't even know the definition of mythology how do i where do i start trying to explain to so people send us all sorts of dirty mails uh, uh, offensive mails uh, on my on my posts on facebook and others sometimes people write all sorts of things over a period of time i've learned one thing and that is ignore them because they they you know they 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 are very powerful they they have support systems they have um, you know a lot of people to back them up it's like this beyond the point i will not explain you something if you're going to be closed if you want to listen if you want to hear mm-hmm. i'm willing to change my opinion maybe i'm wrong mm-hmm. provided you explain to me properly if you're going to shout at me if you're going to abuse me if you're going to try to uh, make me look small no no conversation with people like you but yes if you're willing to listen i'm willing to debate properly but otherwise mm-hmm. you know it, the problem is the mythology religion spirituality itna you know it's got so complicated that mm-hmm. often people don't want to listen they get aggressive they they want to at the first shot uh, you know hit you then there's no debate then there's no debate so i simply then we don't discuss i don't discuss mm-hmm. in that sense but yes i do agree that from the time i started my uh, public lectures which was about uh, i think 7 or 8 years back one has to be now very very careful and especially you know in online uh, system wherein uh, things can uh, get recorded uh, repeated and edited certainly mm-hmm. one has to be very very careful very careful got it got it makes sense so i also remember you know the childhood time when my mom used to just tell me these grandma dadi you know they just told me the stories while like i just charge up so that that's one of the major reason that i really want to get you know a mean conversation with you like i want to bring an episode over the mythology so i just want you to know what is what's your favorite story who like who has been your favorite character till the time Well, I have lots of stories. All of them are my favorite. But uh, you know, there's one story which I find very, very relevant and contemporary, and that's um, that's a Greek uh, 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 story. It's called the uh, Fall of Phaeton. Mm-hmm. So Phaeton was the son uh, of sun god and a mortal from Ethiopia. And because of the fact that you know Phaeton uh, had a job, he was a sun god, so his job was to take uh, sun from the east to the west every day. So obviously, the sun god could not stay with his family. When Phaeton started growing up, he started questioning who's his father. And when his mother told him that sun god is your father, he didn't quite believe. So he set out uh, uh, towards the heavens, and he reached uh, the palace of sun and Helios. and he was absolutely mesmerized by the you know golden uh, atmosphere huge pillars and when he met uh, helios helios was very happy to see him and helios said yes indeed i am your father but somehow phaeton wasn't quite being very convinced so uh, helios immediately introduced his son to everybody he says this is my mortal son his name is phaeton he's come from ethiopia all the way um, and this to convince his son that he was indeed his father he says okay tell me what do you want ask for anything and i'll grant it for you i'm a god and uh, the biggest mistake that helios probably made of his life and he said ask for anything and i'll give it to you and uh, phaeton immediately says i hear you drive a chariot every day from the east to the west i want to ride that chariot i want to drive that chariot uh, helios realizes that he's made a very very big mistake he says no you cannot do that these are magical mm-hmm. horses you know only i can control he says no no you'll have to give it to me now you know helios being a god he can't go back on his words 
So reluctantly, he agreed, but he gave a lot of instructions to his son that don't go too high. Uh, these are sun, uh, you know, carrying sun. So don't go too high. Don't go too low. If you go too high, then there's a problem. If you go too low, there's a problem. So maintain a balance. But knowing that, you know, this is not going to be easy. So Phaeton took charge of the horses and, you know, he just started flying only to realize that these were not ordinary horses. These were magical horses and the horses can go out of control. So suddenly he realized he's unable to control. So he started pulling the reins and the horses started going up. As soon as the horses started going high up, the clouds started drying up. Remember, they were carrying sun. So the heat was tremendous. The, the clouds started drying up. The birds in the sky, you know, start dropping dead. Then he realized what was happening. So he dived down deep. And as soon as he dived deep, he came very close to the oceans and the oceans started drying up. And, uh, you know, there was chaos there. And Poseidon, who's the god of uh, oceans, came out to warn and see what's happening. That's when he saw this, uh, you know, uh, chariot coming very close to and Poseidon went deep inside. In the process, a lot of marine animals died, a lot of fishes died. At one point of time, it got so bad that the gods approached Zeus, who's the god of all gods, and said, look, we need to stop this. And the only way of stopping him was Zeus had to hurl his thunderbolt and Phaeton dies. Now, Obviously, there was no other way to stop. Now, the story is a beautiful story for me. Why? Because I, it, you know, it kind of, you know, you were asking me contemporariness and the relevance you were asking. See the relevance that even today, we find parents making commitments to their children, underage children, allow them to drive their uh, vehicles, allow them to drive their cars and motorbikes. And, and sometimes these children are not able to control it and leave a trail of tragedy behind them. And indulgent parents, it's a big lesson for indulgent parents that, you know, you shouldn't do it. But more important than that, you know, the story also gives you an, an indication of climate crisis. See, all left to man, you know, man is responsible today for all the problems that you have in the climate. You know, the, the uh, snow-capped mountains are melting, the rivers are drying yes. up, they're changing course, we have uh, unseasonal rains. All this has been uh, because of the recklessness, the reckless urbanization, the development of, uh, you know, harnessing of technology for the betterment of human beings. And look what we have done to the nature around us. One of the versions also tells how uh, Earth goddess, you know, uh, you know, is absolutely angry and looks up at Zeus and says, what is this? Look at my hair. It's all burnt. It's singed. Look at my face. It's full of dust. Is this what I deserve after all I give you human beings? I, I allow you to, uh, you know, plow myself, or my, my uh, fruits and uh, grass, everything is for you guys. And look how you guys are treating me. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you know, it's a big lesson for us that man must stop exploiting nature. Because if it does, then something bad will happen tomorrow. And I think we all understand. So the story is beautiful. Uh, not just at the surface level. There are such deep meanings to it. And, you know, coming back to your point of relevance, see how it's relevant even today. We can see what's happening to the world, just as Zeus and the other gods could see what Phaetons. So we have to stop the Phaetons of today from making a mess of the world uh, in today's time. So I think this is one of my favorite. Uh, and got this kind of relevance to the today's. Good. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> Indeed, I loved it. I was listening like, okay, there's a more to it. There's a more to it. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, okay, so just one thing I, I think I need to show is that uh, majorly I majorly heard about, you know, it's Ramayana, Mahabharata and Gita, of course. So what do you think these three individual books carry the, you know, different essence? Like uh, what's the relevance or what's the essence uh, of Gita? Like why should one read Gita? What should be the purpose in mind? Why should one read Ramayana? Uh, why one should read Mahabharata? So what should the essence they should carry? See, first and foremost, you know, you must understand that these, the first two, that is Ramayan and Mahabharata are epics. Mm-hmm. Epics are nothing but long poems telling the life of certain heroes. Mm-hmm. The beauty of both the epics is that they are very, very beautifully written. Ramayan is a, a classic example of one of the most beautiful poetries written in Sanskrit to the, ex- to the extent that it's also known as the Adi Kavya, one of the first poems ever written. And if you read it in Sanskrit, if you read it in the original, uh, the saying, it's absolute po- poetic, uh, you know, uh, uh, this thing, book. Mahabharat is actually a story of warring factions, mm-hmm. of two warring uh, kingdoms, of two warring set of people. The beauty of Mahabharat is that it says, and, and, and the beauty says it, it's right in the beginning. It says, what is here? And that's the first shloka in Mahabharat, right at the beginning. What is here? What is in the text? You'll find it everywhere. What is not here doesn't exist. Now, that is the beauty of Mahabharat. If you look at look around you, any kind of a problem, any kind of an issue, if you find, you'll find it's parallel in Mahabharat be it uh, misogyny, be it patriarchy, be it love, be it romance, be it lust, be it uh, devotion, be it friendship, anything, it is there in Mahabharat. And that's the beauty of Mahabharat. As I said, you know, I was talking to somebody and I said that today's authors, today's new authors really don't look, need to look anywhere for ideas. You know, you'll find all ideas, no matter, you know, germ of an idea to a proper idea, you'll find it in Mahabharat. The author of Mahabharat has written such a brilliant text that if you keep on, and if you, and another thing about Mahabharat is when you read it in your 20s, and then you read it in your 30s, and then you read it in your 40s, and then you read it in your 50s, every time you will realize something which you had missed it when you read it last. That's the beauty of Mahabharat. And it's such a such a rich text. There isn't another text. I would think there isn't another text like that. Mm-hmm. Ramayana is a text which depicts the author's idea of idealism, of what is ideal. Now, that's the author's idea. Remember, it was written thousands of years back. So that was the author's idea of what an ideal son should be, what an ideal wife should be, what an ideal brother should be what an ideal uh, friend should be. And that's his idea, an ideal king should be. That's the author's idea of idealism to the extent that it's got such imagination that today we have versions of Ramayana across the world. There's not just one Ramayana. There are at least another three to 400 versions of Ramayana. How can a version become so popular? How can a book become so popular? That popularity and the richness of the text comes from the fact that there are so many versions. Mm -hmm. 
of ramayan you have a bengali ramayan tamil ramayan you have a uh, you know kannad ramayan you have a tribal set of ramayans then you have uh, ramayans in the southeast so it's a text which you have to understand and its richness and yes everybody must read all the epics because as i said they carry they carry information they carry uh, uh, sort of uh, guidance they carry uh, tell you what to do they also tell you what not to do in life so please remember epics are not just telling you what to do they also tell you what not to do so for that also i think one should read as far as gita is concerned gita is a it's a philosophical text more than religious text it's a philosophical text it tells you how to live how to identify oneself you know it answers the very basic question who am i what am i doing here in this world when you have those kind of philosophical quest that's where gita comes in and gita is highly spiritual and uh, yeah if you if you have your spiritual inclinations and if you really have these kind of questions one should read gita and there are many many versions available today uh, you can start somewhere that's yeah. always i think these texts are uh, interesting important lots to learn from there just as other texts are also very good to read and i think it makes similar sense with gita as well like you mentioned about the mahabharata you know but once in your 20s in your 30s and 40s this philosophy absolutely absolutely different sense every time like you are going to miss something every time and probably every time your perspective around the story this conversation is going to change so so the maturity right all of us have different uh, stages of maturity and uh, every time you see something you'll see uh, you see it in new light i'm sure it's applicable to everybody yes well indeed i think one should read it i have came across with geeta i'm going to definitely going just through in my 30s 40s and maybe 50s if i'm there yes i yeah. I, i agree all of us need to do that indeed indeed and and there's one last thing that i'm always curious to know from my guests so what is that one trend that you really want to see more embracing in the new world or i should say one trend that you would like to see more embraced in the new era what does that trend seem like well i want more people to read okay unfortunately today people don't read they watch they read less i want more people to read i think reading opens up a you know it opens up a new world uh, for people and i think one should be uh, one should read more and i i i sincerely hope because i i you know i'm in the field of mythology that people are more open people are more acceptable rather than uh, you know let's not get rigid about uh, certain things in life let's be open about it let's accept yes. let's you know uh, uh, the cultures accepted everything earlier you know some of the texts when you read you can immediately see there's an influence of a, of another culture if they could accept it why can't we if one ramayan which was written thousands of years back had so many versions and it's only added to the richness of the ramayan why should be be so rigid and closed so i feel people should be more open uh, more open to debates and discussions rather than see debate and a discussion is the hallmark of any developing society or any mature society if you stop debates if you stop discussion that's the end of the growth of any culture and i think we should be more open discuss debate agree disagree let's leave it at that that's how uh, th- th- i hope that we reach that stage soon enough than late girl lots of sense i wish that 
Trent will come soon. And somehow if we can be, you know, a little contributor to this, I think that, that would be great. So yes, yes uh, I hope so. I think I think you know conversation like this are itself a uh, you know glimpse of something like that. That two people from different, uh, you know, perspective, dif- different I think states, different uh, eras. If I should different decades are talking about something that we both trying to agree upon because whatever True. you probably were uh, never been introduced to me. So I think it, it, it's we are bringing it even a zero point zero zero one percent. So it does make sense. So yeah. I agree with you. I completely agree with you. So uh, thank you for your efforts, and uh, I really appreciate. And I'm glad uh, we had this conversation. And uh, all the best for your future endeavors also. Thank you so much, and it's lovely to have this conversation with you. I really don't want without people mending a rice cooker. I'm gonna get, but still, we have limited time. You know, just thirty forty minutes for our listeners. So yeah. but it's wonderful to have you and it's amazing to know lots of things and i hope our listeners enjoy the same and i hope so too your books they can get it in the links that i'll put in the podcast so yeah thank you so much mr kash it's wonderful thank you so much my pleasure priya i hope you get some value today and if you have some idea or some story to share do dm us on instagram if page of trending diary And also, if you want to read any of Mr. Atkash Patel's book, you can find the link into the Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening. And do not forget to give us a follow or a subscribe. So, anytime we are putting another episode, you'll be the first one to get the notification. Because we love to share our stories, your stories to the world and beyond. I'll see you soon in the next episode. Till then, stay tuned and God bless us all.